Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. All right, and that's why the papers this morning. Today is the uh, winter solstice. We have two of these solstices, the summer one in June, and then, of course, this one in December on the 21st. And uh, it's a lovely story making the examiner today, explaining exactly what it's about, particularly at Newgrange. It's a time of druids and witches as well today, because the passage at Newgrange aligns, is aligned, it's built to align with the rising sun on the two solstices. And one is going on at the moment, and I think... um, uh, a lot of people queue for tickets for that. So the winter, winter solstice marks the shortest day of the year. So it means that from tomorrow, the days get longer. So that can't be too bad. But they're also speculating about a white Christmas. Not at all. More likely to be one or two showers knocking around on Christmas Day. But who knows? Um, and we've got new Yule rules, of course, that came into effect last night, 8 o'clock. wonder how it went, actually. What was the city like? And was it busy? Were the pubs busy? And, uh, you know, was there a, a bit of a rush on between, say, half five and eight o'clock last night? People trying to get a bite or, indeed, a couple of pints and catch up with some friends. Love to know how you got on if you were uh, out and about up until eight o'clock and I uh, wonder whether or not the city was busy then or nine or ten o'clock particularly uh, with maybe the younger fraternity who might have been out and about but they came into effect anyway last night in bars and restaurants and stuff like that eight o'clock and the tarnished is warning uh, there's lots of people warning this morning if it's not him it's Michal Martin if it's not Michal Martin it's uh, it's Tony Houlihan but uh, Leah Veracker says don't go or attend any house parties over the Christmas uh, and on that basis no further lockdown measures are planned Who's to know? I mean, we don't know, and they don't even know in the UK what they're planning, uh, even in the next few days, never mind early in the new year. But Tony Houlihan makes the red tops today. Uh, bizarrely, uh, he's stepping up, well, you wouldn't think that he could step up his, um, uh, you know, his rules, regulations and warnings any more than he has. But now he's saying that people who are either unvaccinated or have not yet received a booster should avoid contact with people outside their households over the Christmas. Um, they're quoting in, in, in inverted commas this morning, isolate yourself until you get the booster. I'm not quite sure that he's saying that, is he? I mean, it's not people's fault if they're waiting and queuing and trying to get a booster. Now, some might say, yeah, well, you can understand why he might say about unvaccinated people. But those who have yet to receive a booster... Um, Avoid all contact with anybody outside your own household at Christmas time. The, the big issue now at the moment, and the papers carry it in all of them this morning, is say, for instance, the 16 to 34 year olds and those numbers contracting COVID. One must assume that it's Omicron at this stage, that that's the age group where the highest level of the disease, the young adults posing the highest risk to people yet to be vaccinated or indeed to get their booster. So unvaccinated and those without a booster told avoid mixing and rethink your Christmas is the story that makes the mail today, um, even in spite of uh, the increase in cases, cases amongst the young, young, he continues to urge young people to make exceptional sacrifices as time goes on. Mentioned on the air yesterday morning, and it is true, and we were talking about it yesterday, that more and more families and parents have kept primary school students out of school this week. Friday of last week was their last day for many of them, and more schools then were sending books home. And the Echo picks up on that story this morning uh, on Side, where primary schools around Cork are seeing lower attendance rate this week uh, after some parents opted to keep children at home ahead of the Christmas. In fact, some principals are saying that uh, they don't even know when they'll be back in the new year. Some principals are already preparing for a delayed return to school. Like one is saying, I have a funny feeling we're not going to go back on the 6th of January. But the figure put nationally then on schools reporting pupils who are absent from class this week is 40% 
uh, of pupils. 40% the absentee rate has risen this week. So that's kind of interesting, isn't it? And they're saying also in the papers this morning, uh, one of the reasons why uh, many families have kept primary school kids at home is so that they can visit or have vulnerable members either in their home or they will be visiting them or they will be having them in the home over the Christmas period, vulnerable people, maybe the elderly or those with underlying conditions. The examiner also this morning says there's a spike in children reporting suicidal thoughts and ideation over the past 12 months. And we also know of waiting lists in this country. One in 12 children now is on some form of a, a waiting list and it's going to top the 100,000 uh, children on a waiting list by the end of the year. That's according to the Irish Hospital's consulta- consultants. Interestingly, um, I don't know who you actually have as an energy supplier. The newspapers don't say which of them have had the highest increases. I'm quite sure I could whittle out that information, but some of them um, have actually increased uh, their prices numerous times um, and one or two of the energy providers have increased their prices five times in the past three months, five times alone. So you could well be seeing, and it's a very broad brush actually, this story in The Independent, but you could be seeing your energy bills, whether it's gas or heating or light, or sorry, or electric, or a combination of both, you could see it soaring anywhere between 500 and 1500 for the year. I mean, that's an incredible lean on people's finances, isn't it? When you look at the year, The Independent is saying there's been 35 price hikes in the past year and the government has done absolutely nothing about it nor petrol or diesel they still continue to take their slice of the pie which is in the case of petrol and diesel the biggest slice of the pie Times UK this morning is talking about doctors in general where they're saying that doctors should prescribe way fewer antidepressants and when they do it should be for a shorter period of time the benefits of medication were uncertain for many patients but unfortunately too many of them were saying were suffering side effects uh, withdrawal symptoms which could be severe and also over reliance on the medication and the times uk deals with that but at christmas time of course we all want to know about the letters that the kids sent to santa uh, up to the North Pole, to Buddy and all of his pals. And on post is saying in the mirror this morning that over 125,000 letters were posted from children in Ireland to Santa Claus this year. And they take a bit of a sneak peek in the mirror this morning. Like one of them says, uh, Dear Santi, sorry for misbehaving this year. I tried to be nice, but it didn't always work hard, uh, work out. I promise to try harder next year. For sure that child is not on the naughty list. Hope you're not either. And they're looking also in the papers this morning as to what was the top... Well, this is for the BBC iPlayer, which we don't have access to. But, you know, we're looking at Christmas movies yesterday. They're saying that the police corruption drama Line of Duty was the most watched show on the BBC iPlayer in the last year. It beat the Olympics and it beat the European football championships and all sorts of stuff like that. It was Line of Duty. If you haven't watched it, you're very lucky. If you know nothing about it, then you are seriously lucky because you're sitting on a real binge watch across Christmas. As we send season's greetings to and from friends who are either overseas or those that are at home to those overseas right across this week. Hi, my name is Nicola in Bosselton, Western Australia. I just want to wish Mum and Dad, Nick and Christine Jenkinson at home in Ballet, Cargilline, an absolute fantastic and happy Christmas. And also to my brother who's over in Cargilline from Canada and to my Uncle Liam and all the rest of the Jenkinsons in Glanmire and across the globe. 
Miss everyone. Love you all. Have a great Christmas. Is that something? Frankie goes to Hollywood and the power of love. It's a Christmas song, for sure it is. I know for some the jury's out, but it's a Christmas song, certainly, if you've ever seen the video that went with that back in the 80s. It's the entire story of the nativity, and if you don't know about it or never watched it or loved the song and never saw the video, and maybe some people would like to refocus on some of the messages of Christmas, then a sit-down with the video of that and turned up good and loud is something you should check out over the coming days. Frankie Goes to Hollywood. That was back in the 80s when music videos were very expensive, but bands invested hugely because of the fact that MTV came along and it made the careers of people like Frankie and made the careers of Madonna and I guess Duran Duran and Michael Jackson and the likes. But that's a cracker. It's a fantastic production. Lines open on one 104 106 And also, we're floating around with that new phone number as well. Now, soon, very soon, you need to get it into your head. The one number will be gone and it will be replaced by the 0818 number. And I'm just mentioning it now and will be over the next couple of days because in the new year, it will only be 0818-104-106. That's the only difference, just the first four digits. So try and get it into your head if you want to communicate with us. And I'm mad keen that you continue to do so on 0818-104-106. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now on the new number 0818-104-106. Morning all. Um, we were talking yesterday morning on air about the slash hook attack in Mayfield and then referenced also that that hit and run where the lad was injured on Douglas Street. I'll have an update on the Douglas Street story a little later on. Uh, but there was a lot of other activity going on at the weekend besides the slash hook attack on Mayfield. And I'm referencing uh, some carry-on down in Carrigaline. Now, I've been sent the video of it. It's about two and a half minutes long and I have the audio as well. I'd love to share some of the audio with you, but I can't because I can't guarantee that those involved in it are all over 18 and what have you because one or two of the uh, those involved uh, could well be under and the way we live now with GDPR and stuff like that. You can't be doing that kind of thing. Um, you know, and you don't know whether the parents would freak out, but certainly the carry-on in Carrigaline on Saturday night is just an absolute disgrace. The Gardaí were just trying to do their job, and um, I'd love for people to see this video, to see what guards have to put up with when they're trying to sort out problems in a community. And unfortunately, from time to time in the past, we've heard of all sorts of carry-on and issues down in Carrigaline. Um by and large, the good people of Carrigaline are as fed up of it as the rest of us. But the backstory to this, actually, Paul Byrne, Southern Correspondent with uh, Virgin Media News, has also seen the video, joins me by phone. Paul, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, just so, so be your eyes and ears. Just talk us through what we see on the video. A group of people gathered somewhere around the main street or something, was it? Yeah, my understanding is that it's the Unabui Carrigline, a car park in Carrigline. This was Saturday night around 10, half 10. Um, you had three uh, guards on duty in the area that were patrolling. Um, they responded to reports of about 30 to 40 youths drinking in the area. And um, they went over and got out and said, how are you? You know, we want you to move on. We've had calls. And... Um, one youth continued to drink from a can and um, when one of the guards asked the youth for his name and address, he refused. Now, the three female members on duty on that night continued to try and disperse the crowd as best as they could. You know, come on, let's go home and, you know, nice and yeah. nice and yeah. just trying to coax them away from, from, the, from the situation. But 
uh, when this youth refused to give his name and address, the Garda Representative Association says it was then that he was arrested because he refused to give his name and address. And before the arresting guard knew it, she was under attack from the group. It turned from youths drinking one moment to what can only be described as hell on earth. You've seen the video. Yeah. I'm not exaggerating. It was absolutely frightening what these three guards had to endure last Saturday night in Carrigaline. One part of the video shows female guard on the ground being dragged, right? Yeah, being dragged, punched, kicked. Um, I've been talking to people close to the investigation. They said the three members who were being um, allegedly assaulted were very, very fearful, yeah. extremely fearful. They called for backup. They were on their own in the area. There was support was, the nearest support was 16 kilometres away. That's in the city centre. Um, it's thought that by the time they arrived, it could have been 10 to 15 minutes before anyone else got to the scene. But somebody said that every minute they were on the ground felt like an hour. And you can absolutely imagine that they're down there trying to hold on to uh, a prisoner, being kicked and punched uh, and dragged. And, you know, this is, they sign up to, you know, enforce the law, but they honestly, the, the beating that this person, this member got the other night was absolutely frightening. And your fellow shouting and, and roaring, let him go, let him go, we're filming go, you, you're on go, camera, because, you're on camera. And at one yeah, stage, I mean, is somebody trying to drag somebody out of, a, out of a squad car? Yeah, I mean, this is the crap that the guards have to go up with and get put up with in this day and age. People on mobile phones thinking that, oh, I've got a mobile phone and if I put the mobile phone up, you'll stop arresting my buddy. That's not the case. You know, they're brave people with the mobile phones in their hand. Um, you know, they, they, they did arrest um, one youth. They got him into a squad car. And when they were trying to disperse the crowd, uh, a number of people went over, opened the squad car and dragged, dragged him out. Control car. Yeah, yeah. Dragged him out. He was, uh, and there was a female member inside the car with the prisoner. He dragged, they dragged him out. She tried to hold on to them, tried to hold on to him. He ran from the scene in handcuffs, Neil. Still in cuffs. Also, one member had a baton stolen from her on the night, and that hasn't been recovered. What happened with your man in the handcuffs, handcuffs ultimately? Well, being quite honest, he ran from the scene, and it appears that he got home and realised that he was still in handcuffs, and presented himself and turned up at Toker Garden Station later that night, asking to be uncuffed, <laughs> which they did. But then he was rearrested, questioned, and later released without charge. Most of these are, are juveniles. And those those people, the thirty or forty, are they all young fellas? It was a mix of boys and girls, or what? There, there was a mix. And my understanding is that you know, there some were aged between fourteen, fifteen, sixteen years of age. There could have been some older. Um, you know, like I, I think on the night it showed that whoever was involved in this incident has. has Absolutely no respect for law and order. No, I had no respect for those. Weirdos got this bad, isn't it? Yeah. And did backup arrived? And, uh, and so, how, like, did it arrive at all? Backup? 
Oh, it did, it did. But I mean, I was told he could have taken up to 10 minutes for the, the support to arrive from Cork City. And that, you know, while they were shouting for help and calling for, for assistance, um, that 10 minutes seems like an eternity to those who were on the ground, being kicked, punched, dragged. You know, they went out to work that night. Little did they realise that they were going to be uh, ambushed really, in, in such a, in, in, for the want of a better word. Okay. And, but okay. Look, How did it, it, it end up then? Sh- okay, they, they, your man legged it with the handcuffs. When the backup arrived, any idea what happened then? Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, th- I think um, because he was a released or well, dragged from the squad car he got away but he turned up at Toka Garda station yeah. later that night um, obviously no investigations are going to continue but what this shows Neil and that the GRA have been calling for extra boots and jackets on the ground visibility a strong guard of presence is what's needed everywhere and I'm not saying but that's what the GRA and the AGSI has been calling for for a long long time because you know if you see the high-vis jackets uh, guards patrolling the area. It's not going to say it's going to eliminate crime, but it's certainly a deterrent. But is it actually really? If you have young people like that have no respect for law and order and are quite willing to take them on, attack them, drag them to the ground. Yes, but I think, I, I, I suppose, if there's extra bodies on the ground, it will help those members who were in trouble that night. You know, um, you've got a mass, you've got 20,000 people, I think it is, living in Carrigaline at the moment. That's a very big population. And someone told me that, like, at any time, sometimes there could only be, there may be only one member on duty in the area. And remember, if they're not, it's serviced by Toker. So, you know, it's, the divisions are expanding, and some people are saying that the numbers are increasing, but not increasing as they should. Okay. And it's just that they need more guards on the ground. Uh, in, Interestingly, in Dave, Dave says here by text, listening to Paul Byrne, why does Michal Martin have guards outside his house? It's ridiculous when you consider how we have such a lack of guardie on the beat. It's a total example of a waste of resources, he says. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? It is, and that has been highlighted on a few occasions. And in fairness to Michal Martin and his family, I understand they do not want the guards keeping an eye on his home. Is there a guard or more than one 24-7 at his house? There's, a, there's one guard 24-7, uh, seven, you know, all the time. They're 24-7 uh, sitting in a squad car um, across the road from the house, keeping an eye on the house and, 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 and the people in case anybody decides to... Right. You know, so that's that's some kind of security protocol, is it? it it's, yeah. a secu- it's a code of security, yeah. And it's something that I understand the Taoiseach and his family don't want, but the, it's, it's part and parcel of the job. If you're a Taoiseach, if you're a minister for justice, you get garlic protection. Yeah, I just wonder how it ever got so bad with regards to respecting law and order, respect, respecting the uniform, you know, particularly with the younger. Where are they learning it, you know? Where are they learning it? Um, look, unfortunately, years and years ago, Neil, say you and I, when we were in our yeah. teens, yeah. if you saw a guard, you said, good evening, guard, and I mean, there's a buddy of mine, he always said, anytime he saw a guard, it was like a laxative. <laughs> you know, you, you know it was just... So you, you, you respected the guards. Lots and lots of teenagers, unfortunately, in this day and age, have absolutely no respect for law and order. Lots of text coming know? in here. Another one you might be interested in. In my opinion, female guardie shouldn't be without a male guardie. It's too dangerous for just females alone at night. It's an interesting thought, isn't it? It's also too dangerous for one guard to be alone on his own. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. The first thing um, taught, taught in secondary school and college is not to give your name and address to a guard. 
why do why do they want to know? Is, that's not actually taught in school, is it? Um, Alice Bushes. Yeah. To be honest, <laughs> uh, sorry. It's I mean, the Guardi lost all respect when they started terrorising people at COVID checkpoints. They behaved like the government's heavy boys. I don't think that's fair, really. Every no, member of the Guardi no, is Gar- doing that's Guardi bashing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a bit like bashing Guardi for traffic checkpoints. The actual Guardi themselves don't choose; they're instructed, aren't they? They are. I, I, my understanding is that look, there's a list of checkpoints uh, sent out uh, every week. You go, you go to Farmers Cross, you go to the Duke Line bypass, or whatever the case may be. They go out there. They they're they're instructed to do something, and they do it. Um, they're just doing their job, just like you and I are doing our jobs today. Yeah, no one I mean, here. I know, I know, I know that a lot of people take exception to guards doing their job. Yeah, yeah. Um, the guardy lost. Okay, did that one. Blame the parents. Uh, what the hell do they think their wonderful kids are up to when they're out late at night? They've been dragged up by mothers and fathers. That's uh, interesting. And my understanding is that when guards went to the home of one person from Carrigaline, the incident Carrigaline the other night. Um, parents just didn't seem to give a toss. Well, there you go. And the young fellow was more interested in what his hairstyle looked like. There you go. You know? That kind of sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah. Look, I, I, the, these three female members, two of them, my own understanding, are still out uh, after sustaining their injuries. Um, one returned to work but had to go to the doctor yesterday. And um, look, we wish them a speedy recovery. But again, the GRA, that's, they said they need extra feet, extra bodies on the ground. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Paul, thanks for the update. Appreciate it as yeah. always. Paul Burns, Southern Correspondent with uh, Virgin Media News. Morning, Neil. There was a 14-year-old quiet boy attacked on Washington Street on Saturday night. Himself and his friend were chatting to girls and the girls rang a group of lads who came down and attacked the two boys. One lad was slashed with a knife on his hands and his back. Gardi are investigating. Um, and uh, you ask why people are worried when their sons or daughters go into town or indeed even around the suburbs these days. That's been a flashpoint for a long time now, hasn't it? The Ownabui car park in Carrigaline. Back after the break. Neil's got a new number. Call him now on 0818 Actually, it's a lovely text came in there because I was talking about Rachel Blackmore on the air yesterday. Hi, Neil and all the team. I heard you mention Rachel Blackmore and her success. Yes, she won the BBC World Sports Star of the Year in all of the world, in all codes and all sports. Rachel Blackmore was chosen as the winner. Did you know, Neil, her partner is from Ross Carberry and is also a successful jockey in his own right. Brian Hayes is his name. So the people of Ross Carberry were very happy to hear the news of Rachel over the weekend. She's a regular visitor down here to West Cork. Happy Christmas to you, Neil, and all the team. Thanks for another great year of radio. Well, thank you very much for the compliment and indeed also for the connection with West Cork. It's a great story. And you know something? We on Side could have another one of those success... Well, we have a success story as it is, but I think she could go on to great, great things. Her name is Lauren Crinion, and she's just won her All-Ireland boxing title and has a great gift this Christmas time of a gold medal in boxing and she's only at this stage only 13 years of age uh, and there's a lot of similarities between her and say the likes of um, of Katie Taylor anyway her dad joins me by phone Kenneth good morning good morning fair play to her congratulations I know she's there I'll chat with her in a minute but she's put in what four and a half years of hard training hard training yeah and you you boxed yourself didn't you and you're her trainer I did, I boxed as a juvenile, yeah, and um, uh, I boxed as a senior for a couple of years. And did she show an interest then while you were boxing, was it, or was she too yeah, young? Straight away, it was like a Dr. Waller, Neil. Go away, really? And you encouraged her, I guess? Um, do you know what, no, it, it doesn't take uh, much to encourage a child in, in a sport once they, 
you know, once they adapt to it, like. Oh, wouldn't it be so great if all young people got involved in a sport that they loved, wouldn't it? Oh, well, you know, to see any child getting involved in any sport is is probably the best thing for the parents. And tell us a little bit about the four and a half, nearly five years of training from the age of nine. How tough was that? Um, do you know, when they're young, when they're young at nine, you know, you, you just you just do fun drills with them and you just do fun stuff with them. But, you know, at a, at a competitive age, when they're kind of turn 11, is kind of the age that you kind of want them to put in the extra shift. And what would our typical day or week be like from 11 onwards then, training and also going to school? Um, do you know what? No, you don't have to watch their diets because they're training constantly and, and, you know, you kind of have meat and healthy and stuff. Um, to be training, it's kind of like, a, you know, three days a week is probably enough for any child. But yeah. look, Lauren, goes, Lauren did go the extra mile in the last couple of years. And what would that involve? Clearly, obviously, sparring, boxing in a ring, I guess weights and running, yeah? Mm-hmm. No, no, no way. It's well running. Yeah, she would do a bit of running, but to be honest, it's all technical boxing stuff with, with young kids. They're naturally fit anyway, so you don't have to kind of push them, pull them through the, the heavy drills. And you saw her improving, and she did, and that drove her on even more. And the gold medal, tell us a little about that win. It's on the, it's on, or the gold medal. Uh, it's on the tree above Novi, and it's the best, it's the best decoration that, that we ever had in the family. And who, how'd she win it? I mean, what was the competition? Um, the national uh, girl to all Ireland uh, national championships. Um, she boxed in the semi final. She done very well in the semi final. Um, she had the second round uh, RSC, which is a referee stop contest. Um, and <laughs> she had a tough fight now in the final, to be honest. But you know what? Now Lowland is Lowland, to be honest, is, is probably two years ahead of herself when it comes to. Uh, Isn't boxing. that amazing? And tell me, where was the final? The final was in Drim, the boxing club above in Dublin. And did many travel for it, or could they travel for it? No, no, no. It was, it was restricted because of the, uh, the um, restrictions that were brought in. It was just uh, coaches and, and boxers. And tell me, was there a big reception when you got back in Art Cullen and places like that around Mayfield? Absolutely brilliant. Uh, it was a surprise to know, to be honest. Um, the fa- my, my, my own side of the family and my, my wife's um, side of the family, um, <laughs> well, mainly, I mean, my wife's side of the family put on... Um, <laughs> A great uh, uh, coming coming back for That's fantastic. You should. You must be so proud. I'm so so proud because I know what it's like to uh, to you know to achieve things. Lauren has been around a lot of boxers that that I've trained. I've trained probably seven or eight Irish, Irish champions already. Get away! Yeah, oh my yeah, god. We're with Father Hogan's boxing club there, and credit to the boxers that are with the club at the moment. You've got the magic that, touch. That, you see the similarity between yourself and say Katie Taylor and her dad. Um, I wouldn't go that far, no, to be honest. Ah, but you never know what's coming down the track. I mean, she's going yeah, to go Yeah, you on. never know, but you know what? No, for their achievements, yeah, I'd like to do it. Does she talk? Is she too young to even talking about professional boxing or anything like that? Ah, uh, yeah, you know, good, uh, girls, you know, girls kind of get them, young kids kind of have them ideas in their head about pro, and which all she wants to do now is just uh, improve along the way and, you know, get, get more success out of boxing because... You know, it is our sport now, and she's yeah. going to concentrate on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, and it's going to be it's going to be a tough it's going to be a tough slog, certainly through the teenage years with all those distractions. But it's brilliant that she's got so far so fast. Is she is she there with you? She's alongside me as well. Yeah. Uh, did you? Is she's out of school, so for a quick chat, is she? She was outside the school. The AG. She goes to the man AG. <laughs> so we're outside the school. <laughs> I I I came out of work to drive over here. To the <laughs> all right. Well, she got maybe a half hour off school. Then let's see if she's. Uh, if she's there. Is she there, Lauren? Yeah. Hello? Just a quick hi, just to congratulate you. Well done. You must be very proud. Thanks very much. And I hear that the gold medal's hanging off the Christmas tree. It is. <laughs> what a fantastic Christmas present for you and the family. Well done. 
Thanks very much. And tell me, are you? Do you have anybody that you look up to? I guess it's got to be Katie Taylor, Katie Harrington. You heard the recent news as well about the great news for you know the Irish, the Irish jockey Rachel Blackmore. Is that are they the girls that you look to for inspiration? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and are you enjoying the boxing? Yeah, I love it. Fantastic, and a big reception when you got back to Cork as well on your win. Yeah. How's school? Lovely. How's school going for you? Looking forward it's to the halls? Yeah. Yeah. Are you in the Mon AG? Yeah. Right. When are you getting your halls? Uh, today. Oh, you looking forward to the Christmas? Yeah, I can't wait. You've got the best Christmas decoration on your tree. Do you know that? A gold medal. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, delighted for you. Uh, we could stay chatting for an hour or two if you don't want to go back into class, but I'd say you're mad keen to go back in, are you? Oh, no. No, I didn't think so. <laughs> but anyway, the day will fly and you'll be on your Christmas halls, all right? Yeah, thanks. We're very proud of you. You must be very proud of your dad as well for all his help, Kenneth. I am. You're the greatest. Well done, Lauren. Delighted for you. Can I just uh, mention one or two people there, Neil, if you don't mind? Yeah, go ahead. Um, look, the boxers that are involved in, the, in Father Hawkins boxing at the moment, they put in a great effort. They're helping Lauren along the way. And people that, you know, came down to the club and... and, and Help learn what she's doing. Um, also, uh, a, a, fan, a fan coach of mine there, um, Tom Power there, he's um, an old Father Hoggins uh, boxing coach there. Um, for f- my f- our family there and all our friends, you know, and all the clubs have helped learn along the way. We'll be keeping um, I just it. want to say thank you to everyone and happy Christmas to all their families. You got it, brother, you got it. We'll and yourself as well, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a big thing for learning. Myself, they ought to be kind of... Um, Listen, what is it? What is it? Five to five minutes of our time. It's a great story. We'll be keeping a close eye on Lauren Quinion and her trainer dad, Kenneth. Listen, happy Christmas to you all and well done. Yeah, and you too, Neil, and and, and all at the radio station. Thanks for Cheers, Kenneth. All the best. Thank you, boy. Back after the break. If you want to speak to Neil Prenderville in the new year, you'll need the new number, 0818-104-106. Please hang up and try again. Cork's Red FM. All right. Another, another €350 Euro voucher for the English market to give away again this morning. It's all based on the longest ho, ho, ho. Whoever can do the longest ho, ho, ho wins a €350 Euro voucher again today, courtesy of ourselves and the English market. And I'll tell you more about that a little later on this morning. But I see a lot of texts coming in on the incident down in Carrigaline and three members of the Gardaí dragged to the ground and kicked and punched and pulled uh, before backup arrived, text 0868104106 on that one, and we'll come to the text after 10 this morning. Just wondering if you give a shout out to the kids of Wing National School for their big collection of toys and food for penny dinners. And a special thank you to Wendy and Holly who organized it, says Malcolm. And you know all that food that businesses want to get rid of. Tell them all, don't forget about Cork Penny Dinners. Yeah, there's more and more of the food now not going to waste on Leaside, which is great. Many, many supermarkets now are on board and helping feed Cork and Penny Dinners and the likes. Uh, thank you to all at Red. You're so helpful to us back in July when my mum was in hospital and we had no idea what was going on. Glad to say, ma'am is flying again. So a huge thank you and a happy Christmas and New Year to you all from the Mullins family at Joe Murphy Road in Balafihan. There's another lovely one here with regards to uh, Christmas greetings. Great show every morning. I would just like to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and mention it's um, not only an emotional time for those who are away and can't get back to Ireland for Christmas, but also for those who live here and can't go to see or visit families in the countries of their origins. We settled here a good few years ago and can't go visit our loved ones this year. 
So please mention Merry Christmas to the Polish community living in Cork and all over Ireland. A lot of us will not be going to Poland this year. We'll do our best to enjoy Christmas here, but I must say it's also quite an emotional and nostalgic part of the year for us. I personally will miss having my extended family in person this year. We stay in touch on the phone and cameras but it's not the same as hugging and sitting at one table together. Have a wonderful Christmas, everyone here and also far away. Certainly challenging times, but we stay together in this and it will be easier for us all, I hope, says Selena. And we all hope. We'll have to see what 2022 brings. We said the same about 2021. Please send Christmas greetings to our daughter Donna and her husband Clinton Hoppo Hopkins. And our lovely granddaughter, Kyla, who will be tucking in into one of your Christmas hampers this Christmas time. Thank you so much for sending a piece of cork to Lexington Heights in Perth, Western Australia, to help the bridge the gap of homesickness this year for mom and dad, Tony and Vivian Moore in Blackrock. So hope to see them, they're saying, in Perth in 2022. So I'm absolutely delighted that our justlikehome.ie hamper arrived and arrived quite quickly to Perth in Western Australia. So congratulations uh, to uh, all of you that won them. And again, here's next year when we'll do it all over again. Uh, lines open at one 106 Lots of text then with regards to food issues and what have you. So we'll pick up on that and lots more besides after 10. But I feel a Christmas song coming on. Don't you? How about a classic? Oh, the weather outside is frightful. Let it snow. Let it snow. Let it snow. Ah, the old crooner himself, Dean Martin. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. You can dream on about the snow. I hope I don't have to eat my hat or my cap, but I ain't seeing any snow this week. How would you have snow when it's like 10 or 12 degrees? Maybe overnight when it gets down, but I doubt it. More likely to be drizzle. Anyway, lines open, one 106 You can text 86 Hi, it's Connor. Join me Sunday from 7 for Green on Red, bringing you the biggest, the best, and newest names in Irish music. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. You betcha. A lot of texts coming in. A lot of response, actually, to the incident down in Carrigaline on Saturday night. So we'll come back to those. Text 086-8104-106. Pick up the phone on 1-850-104-106. Let me get to the phone lines on this, actually, straight away with regards to why has it been the case for many years now that generation after generation is showing less and less respect for the Gardaí. Mary, good morning. Good morning, Neil. And this is an example of it. I don't know whether you saw the video or not on Saturday night. It's shocking the way they treated no, these members of the force. I didn't. And I suppose to start off, because people probably won't like what I have to say, I don't condone what happened. And I don't think anybody, a member of the public or a guard, should be attacked and treated from what, like you described, you know? But there's a butt in there somewhere, is there? There is. Like, I mean, look, we've been coming here for a good while and... I mean, I think anybody and everybody could see it. And if the guards couldn't, like they have a long road back. They have left everything slide. There's been a thing of like soft crime. There is no such thing as soft crime. It starts out soft and then because they got away with it, they escalate, which is why we find ourselves where we are today. Mm, mm. When When you say they get away with it. Are they getting away with it because the guards aren't taking them, prosecuting them, or are they getting away with it because it goes to court and they get suspended sentences, or because they're underage, or what? You're doing very well if you get as far as court, Neil. 
they make it so difficult to make a statement or anything. They don't want to go to court. They don't want it. They consider these things as like, you know, oh, look, it's a traffic thing. Oh, it was a stupid window got broken. Something stupid. They don't. Those things don't go near anywhere, you know. But we have community guards to try and talk and encourage underage kids well, we can behave. see where we're going with that, can't we? You think that that's the reason that the, the the fear of God is gone from the kids, is it? Sure it is. And I mean, I'm sorry now, these children, if they were able to, you know, get alcohol, get the money from somewhere, get the alcohol from somewhere and plan a night's drinking, like, you know, I, they should be able to accept their punishment for it as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you mean, those on the beat or the, the rank and file of the Garda Shikana, they don't make policy, they follow instructions. No, but they're well able to protest when they want uniforms or pay rises and days off and shift change. And I get that, and they're quite entitled to it, but they, there's no pride in the job, I feel. They turn up, they do their hours, they get paid, they go home. The public That's has a very feeling. sweeping generalisation, though. I talk with people year in, year out, who a tragedy in their life or accidents or issues involving family members or deaths or, and the Gardaí are incredibly kind and incredibly compassionate to them. But not when it comes to certain incidents and there's certain incidents they've avoided and we know well they've been dumping the 999 calls and anyway Neil if you try and get through to a Garda station now you'll be ringing and ringing and ringing to get through. They are understaffed and then the thing is, you're waiting and waiting for them to come. The public has been bearing the brunt of it. It's now coming to the Gardaí's door, unfortunately. Yeah. You think we should have you tougher know? coppering, is it? We should, yeah. And we should have tougher sentences. And we should have more Gardaí on the beat. I'm all for supporting them. But what's there at the moment, you just can't. And I feel that's probably a problem. The, the general public has lost respect and the criminals definitely, definitely just laugh at them. They have no respect at all at all and just don't care. And maybe it's an issue for the courts then. Stop all of this suspended sentences. Stop listening to all of the tough luck stories that are brought in by yeah. defence solicitors and what have you. you There's think, loads maybe? of tough luck stories out there that have turned out very well. So yeah, that shouldn't be brought into it. I mean, you do the crime, you do the time and it should just be the crime Nothing about why or what or anything, and it should be just get your time. Interesting text coming in to 0868104106 on this. Just a few of them before I let you go. The Guardi lost all respect when they started terrorising people at COVID checkpoints. They behaved like the government's heavy boys. And don't forget, we're still living in a police state. They're fairly strong words, aren't they? I wouldn't agree with that then at all, Neil. I did find that they were out there, they were doing their job. And, you know, it was great to see them on the road. The crime dropped then. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, only read, I'm only reading out the opinions of what people are getting <laughs> oh, in touch about. That, Everyone yes, should I be taught. Um, another one here. In my opinion, female guardie should not be without a male guarda. It's too dangerous for females alone at night. Actually, it actually shouldn't matter whether it's a male or female guarda if people show them respect and don't try and beat them up, beat them up and drag them to the ground. Shouldn't, exactly. their, their sex should be irrelevant then uh, in my opinion okay I'll come back to more text throughout the course of the morning thanks Mary appreciate you taking the call thanks okay thanks Ian Bye. text 0868 you too hi can't come on the air but uh, my my but my god what animals the law needs to change at 16 you are sentenced as an adult remove all suspended sentences and just lock them away. This would stop it. Do you remember when we had Spike Island? Uh, lads, in fairness, absolutely we need more guards. You cannot blame this on the lack of guardie. This is nothing short of a lack of parenting. One or two more. This is gang culture manifested by the ridiculous war on drugs. 
This war allows gangs to manipulate young kids and this is the result. Are you suggesting we should give up on the war on drugs? Sorry, Nania, but you said, how did it get so bad with respect for the guards? But you already answered your own question by saying that the young fella actually handed himself in with cuffs still on and he was released without charge. I don't think that was the case. I'm, I'm, I think he was rearrested, I believe. Anyway, I mean, people would just burst out laughing hearing this kind of crap. Fear is respect. You need to fear the punishment for all of your actions. And there's no punishment then. They will never get respect. I'm afraid it's as simple as that. The whole country laughs when they hear that nothing happens just because they're juveniles. Does that mean they don't know the difference between right and wrong because they're juveniles? I believe we should hit the parents in the pocket and give the juveniles community service every time. If they refuse trial, uh, then uh, if they refuse, trial them as adults and give them a few nights inside Cork prison. The whole system system has turned into a pure and utter joke. Says Anthony. Text 0868104106. Thanks. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! The story in the papers this morning is online this morning. It's very funny. It's kind of a cutie story, but it's got a bit of a kind of a, a mortifying end to it. Um, scarlet for this fella. Apparently, 23 years ago, way before social media or dating apps or anything like this, this lad from County Down um, put a message in a bottle, hoping that it would go to far parts of the world his message in a bottle. The message in it said, um, I'm 22 years old. Please write to me if you're a girl. Thanks. I'm assuming he put his address in it. Anyway, the sting in the tail of this story is that 23, he's a county down man, right? And lives on the coast. 23 years later, apparently, the bottle has shown up in county down. <laughs> something like something like 15 miles from where he threw it in by all accounts. I always hear of stories of bottles coming across the Atlantic or the Pacific or coming up from South Africa or something. But this one just went out to sea, hung around for 23 years and just floated back in again. Oh, my God. I think it's a great story. Actually, talking of great stories, I have terrific news for you, lads. Absolutely. The best news ever. Remember we were chatting with Noreen McSweeney? Noreen and Sean McSweeney are down in Drimmer League and they made it into the final three of Energia's most Christmassy home. We had a lovely chat, myself and Noreen. I have to tell you that they've only gone and won the competition. And Noreen joins me by phone. Noreen! Good morning, Neil. Congratulations. You must be weak. Oh, I'm thrilled. I'm so happy to have won this prize. Fantastic. Down to the last three and you you fought off the final competition to win. When did you find out? Not until about six o'clock last night. Isn't that amazing? What fabulous, fabulous news. So you get €6,000 for a charity of your choice now. That's right. That's right. And um, we're so thankful to you. Um, We would like to thank you so much for hosting, (laughs) for hearing the story on your show. On Friday, we asked everybody to get on board and to text their support. And do you think that people texting in Cork made a difference? Oh, made a huge difference. Huge difference, yeah. Ah, we had a secret. We had a secret weapon. We got fantastic support. <laughs> oh my God! It's absolutely incredible. Yeah, and we want to thank all those who took time out to vote for our home because without their vote, we wouldn't hold the title. I know. And I want 
thank you, energy for donating, uh, putting up so much money, 12,000 in total. 12, yeah, you get six yeah. of it, don't you? Yeah, brilliant. And we won the six, and we are so delighted that Bantry Hospital will benefit from Energy's um, generous donation. I know, benefit from all the work you've been doing in the house for like something like, how many years? The 23 years or something you were saying? Yeah, 26. 26 years. Yeah. Yeah, and it goes yeah. from strength to strength to strength. Yeah. And I imagine there'll be more and more people visiting your home now oh, and visiting yeah, the garden. Sunday night, Sunday night was fierce busy. It was a great night, Saturday night and Sunday night, <laughs> even though we didn't know anything about it then. But thank oh, God. How great. does Sean feel about the whole event? Oh, sure, Sean loves this excitement. Uh. Sean loves it. But he is a great backup to me because he's a very quiet man. And God knows he'd come home from work there in the evening and sometimes there'd be no dinner ready. So Sean wouldn't care. All I could hear was, uh, I could hear him saying is, Ma'am, for God's sake, come in here, Homer. You'll get your debt outside there. <laughs> does he call you, ma'am? He does. He does, yeah. He I does, love yeah. that. Yeah. But he oh. loves it. He loves the excitement and he loves the crack and everything. He must go through some amount of bulbs, I'd say. Oh, oh the amount of bulbs, yeah. I couldn't count them. They're huge. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, Bantry, Bantry houses are right around the corner from us. Neil and we never know when we want to call on them. I know when we chatted on Friday of course we were talking about your wonderful wonderful grandson Owen who passed away earlier this year um, right. I, I think he had something to do with you winning as well don't you? Of course he has oh, uh, of course he has but he was a fantastic boy and, and then our daughter and father dropped dead outside the door two months after Owen dying oh for God's sake so we were hit very hard this year but look, this is going to boost the whole thing for us now. Yeah, and they're looking down at you with love and support. Oh, God, and they are indeed, yeah. Well, yeah. you've won it this year. God only knows what you're going to do next year to beat this year. <laughs> that's the challenge now. God, I don't know. Where is that now from now You see, on? that's the problem, you see. There'll be lots of people who want to beat you next year. <laughs> I don't mind no need to have my pattern, so I'm happy out. <laughs> you have it. You've won this year and that's all that counts. <laughs> yeah, and I want to thank everyone because there were people who were so good. And there were daughters and son-in-laws and partners. There's a bit of everything thrown in. And uh, I want to thank everyone that came behind us because, and especially you and your t- and your listeners. Well, every single team. person that texted their vote at the weekend made a huge difference for you. They oh, really and truly did. A huge difference. A huge difference. And, you know, there's, the phone was ringing all last night. I was sitting down here until 12 o'clock answering the phone. And, you know, I told you before, we don't drink or smoke. And, you know, I was so tired. I made a hot whiskey for myself at uh, half past 12 uh, and drank it. <laughs> You slept well, I'd say. <laughs> I did, and I went over to the crib. We have a beautiful crib, and I went over to the crib last night, and I thank God for giving us the strength and the health to be able to do this. Well done, girl. It and looks I went to bed. I went to bed happy, then Neil, and I th- I do the same thing again tonight. And there you go. Hay saved, and the prize won. <laughs> Yeah, thanks be to God. Yeah, just great all together. Well, listen, happy Christmas to you and to Sean and to all of the family and everybody down Drimaleague where we're absolutely delighted for you. Made us all proud, Noreen. I know. God, you have no idea how happy we are. Well done. Well done. Unbelievable. And I want to wish you all a very, very happy Christmas. And and you too. Have a great Christmas yourself, all right? Thank you very much, Neil. Thank you very much. Bye, Noreen. Take care. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Chinese, wonderful Christmas time. Oh, incidentally, I did get an email in from Barry O'Donovan. He was asking for a couple of different Christmas songs, and I chose the Frankie Goes to Hollywood's Power of Love, Barry, because I'm not so sure that Frank Kelly's 12 Days of Christmas has aged very well. I mean, I'm open to playing it later in the week if people really want to hear it. It's just one of those ones that was funny, and I, I don't know, maybe it's just me. <laughs> maybe I just get crankier with regards to music over the years. But perhaps, you'd never know. But certainly I got the Power of Love on the air for you, so I hope you're happy with that. Now, lights open at one 850 Do you mind? I just want to talk to Sylvia here because in her words, they're in a bit of a bad way, herself and her husband, and I'm just wondering if there's any way we can help in any way, shape or form. So, Sylvia, good morning. Hi, hi, Neil. How are you? I'm good. Where are you? Where are you? I'm in Temple Lake or Okay. And your husband's name? John. John. Okay. So what kind of a fix do you find yourself in up in okay. Grand this morning? Right. What's happening? He had a hip uh, replacement two weeks ago. Yeah. And he's suffering from placenta fasciasis. Is that painful? It's extremely painful. Okay. That's all we need to know. A lot of pain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he can't get out of the bed. Can't stand. See, I'm painkillers or anything like that. He is. They're not helping at all. Okay. He can't take anti-inflammatories because his kidneys are very bad. Okay. And okay. We're, we've been on to South Dock, Mercy Urgent Care, or GPs. Uh, I need to be admitted to hospital myself. Uh, my own consultant, Dr. Hassan, wants me in for surgery. My spleen is going to my stomach. When? And I, I, he wants me admitted Today, tomorrow, yesterday. But I can't go and I can't leave my husband. He's in bed, confined to the bed. Okay, and your surgery sounds quite urgent if he wanted you in yesterday on your spleen. Yeah, I... I Is it going to rupture? Is it going to burst? It's good. It will if I don't get into hospital. pain, I'm in... It's severe. I'm crying. My husband's crying. We're going to have the worst Christmas ever. All I need to know is a GP that will... Give him steroid injections. Okay, has he? Okay, so let me, let's just walk through this. You you're due in hospital for surgery on your spleen, which is going to rupture. Your husband's in bed um, and can't walk nor take you because of crucifying pain. Yeah, um, his feet are very bad. He has he had steroid injections into his feet before? No, no, but it's it's the only solution to stop the pain. And who has told you that? Uh, Mercy Urgent Care. Okay, and he can't get to them for them to do it, no, and he can't, like, Southstock wouldn't do it, would they know? No, Southstock don't know of any GP. And do you not have a GP that you can call? I know that at the moment now, all of the GPs are flat out trying to get boosters into people's arms, you know? Yeah, we can't get a call back. We can't get a call back from our GP. And does your consultant and surgeon in the hospital know your situation? That you've yeah. got a spleen that's going to rupture, that you're due in for surgery, and you can't. Like, I can't leave my husband. Yeah, you can't leave your husband. You He's can't. Crying. You can't. Le- yeah. I'm, I'm crying. We're going to have an awful Christmas. I, I, I'll probably be taken away in an ambulance. Yeah. If, if yeah. my if it if it gets any worse, my head pounding. I'm vomiting because my spleen is going right into my stomach, pushing it to the right hand side. Are you in pain now? Yeah, in my back, between my shoulder blades, my stomach, and it's pushing into my organs on my right hand side. But with the two of you absolutely crocked, are you getting any help in the house? No, it's just myself and my husband. Is that him there? Yeah. What's his name, was? Hi, Neil. Hello. Hello. Hi, Neil. 
Sorry, my man, I've, I've forgotten your name. My sincerest apologies. Uh, what? John is my name. Um, I had hip operation now three, three weeks today, two, last Monday, and I'm suffering with this underneath my soles and my feet. I'm been on to, to the doctor every day of the week. I can't sleep, or they're giving me sleeping tablets. I was on to a doctor yesterday. He gave me he gave me tablets, which I he shouldn't have prescribed over my kidneys. Um, I rang South Dock last night. He said I need an 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 you need ste- um, and ste- did they say about a steroid injection in your feet? Yes, I need a doctor that can do that. Okay, so is that what we need to find a GP or a doctor who can visit you at home to do that to relieve your pain so that Sylvia can go in for the spleen surgery? Yeah, but, but who's gonna if she's in hospital? Who's gonna mind you? I'd be okay to mind myself. You know what I mean? If you can get the pain managed. Yeah, I get once, once you get the pain managed, I'd be okay. You know what I mean? But at the moment, Neil, it's just like. Ten times I was at the side of the bed now last night with the pain, just trying with the pain and the pain of the heels. You just can't stick the pain. You can't get into a sleep. Like, you know, oh, man. I, I, I get so depressed over it and my nerves are after, after coming at me over it. I know. And Sylvia is the same and doesn't want to leave you like that. The, do, the doctors have just thrown out tablets to, for anything to just get you off the phone. And that pain is constant, is it? I have a constant here now, Neil, and I, tell, I like, even if I got, I, I just have to get up off of bed now to have a, my breakfast there, I'll go back up again. You're not sleeping. I just have my legs on the side of the bed, and I need these steroid injections. If I have to pay for them, I'll pay for them. There's no problem there. I just need this thing done because... Why don't, you, why don't you call, can you not call an ambulance to bring you into hospital? But they do it there, no? I don't think so. I don't think so because there's so much in the wait list down in, in the... It's not, it's not a thing that really is important, really. I think, that, I think the two of you should go in. I mean, maybe you don't want to take up a hospital bed in the times that we're living in now. But, I mean, okay, so the ideal scenario is to get a, a doctor. Could a nurse do it? If, if, they're, if they're qualified for it, they give it the injection, they can do it, yeah, yes. Isn't there a company called Nurse on Call or something like that? Don't they work out of Patrick Street and they do visits? I, I mean, I hope that somebody's listening that will be able to help, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like okay. I'm, I'm, willing to, I'm willing to pay to get these, these injections into the ankles from, from the, the nerve pain. I know what you're saying, absolutely. Well, I don't know anything about that, but let's see if we can get somebody first that's available or qualified enough to do it and then of course Sylvia will be able to go and get her surgery because that sounds quite urgent doesn't it John? Do it do it yeah. Really and she doesn't want to leave you the way you are so she has a lot of love for you in that regard in fairness to her. I, I'm in a bad way Neil I tell you the honest truth I'm, I'm at with change with, with this leg okay, okay. especially especially after getting a, a, a hip operation three weeks ago you know what I mean? I know, I know. Okay, well, it must be bad for you to call me and ask to see if there's something we can do. So, let, okay, let, let's see Let's see if there's anybody has any idea as to how we can get you help, whether it's a doctor or whether it's a, a nurse that can do it or, you know, we'll make some calls on your behalf. Your own GP, though, isn't, isn't, is, isn't available? Is that, what, is that what Sylvia's saying? I can't get a, I can't get a call tomorrow and I can't get an MRI on, on my shoulders, my feet because if I get I an MRI 
came all right will pull my new hip out of place. All right. Well, it's about pain at the moment, isn't it? So that you, so that you've got less pain, and she can go and get the surgery she needs. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. Have you have you tried Have you tried to uh, cool the foot down? Have you Have you tried to chill I'm it not, with? I'm after buying the foot spas. I'm after into hot lukewarm water cold water cold water I mean somebody's suggesting say for instance a bag of ice or frozen peas or something like that no it's still no good still no alright okay okay and you, okay alright and you, you wouldn't contemplate an ambulance you're saying I, w- I, I wouldn't because when you're going there like you, they, can't, they won't do nothing here and that's 100% because you'll be there for two or three days before and, yeah you think you'd only be on a, on a trolley in the hospital bed in the, or in the A&E doctors the doctors are going to be on holidays now shortly one or two days and I'd be just lying you know what I mean well I mean you're in a lot of pain but Sylvia also needs urgent surgery so let's see if there's anything we can do between now and midday to, to solve this for you alright John Okay, thank you very much, Nathan. All right, John, take care. And you too to Sylvia. Mind her as well. And uh, hopefully we'll get um, maybe somebody out there could be listening that might be able to make a call to Grona Bohar. Clearly, obviously, somebody that's medically trained to intervene on their behalf. Uh, You never know who might be listening. Get in touch, lads. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850-104106. Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at NeilRedFM. With the 350 euro voucher to give away today for the English market and every day this week. And you've got wonderful, wonderful businesses, uh, many of them going back long, long time, generations of them. You've got meats and fish and herbs and spices and fruits and vegetables and sauces and oils. I was in there yesterday, chocolates and cakes and cheeses and pastas. Uh, you can put in orders as well and put in bookings. I put in a bit of an order now for some uh, O'Connell's fish and prawns and a bit of monk and stuff like that for later in the week to do a bit of cooking and also went around and bought some beautiful flowers there. Uh, these gorgeous little bulbs that you can plant at this time of the year. I damn if I know. Are they called hyacinths? I think I'm not quite sure. They're just coming out of the, the bulb at the moment. They're all inside the English market uh, and it's a great spot. So a 350 euro voucher will go a long way at the English market and we have one to give away every day this week. Good buzz in the city yesterday actually. Quite enjoyable I have to say. Um, but it's all about the longest ho ho ho. I think we had a 37 second ho yesterday. I'm not saying you have to beat that. You just have the longest one on the day. But who knows who we might get to there and we'll start a little bit earlier. So the deal is whoever can hold the ho the longest wins. So I'll give you an opportunity to go ho, ho, take a deep breath then and the long ho. I remember doing it last year myself and uh, I did quite well actually I have to say. I was quite impressed with the old lung capacity. But I can't win it. You can. So we'll open the phone lines in about an hour's time. The longest ho. I know it sounds awful doesn't it? The longest ho wins a 350 euro voucher for the English market. So good luck to you on that. A lot of texts a lot of emails. I'm absolutely raging. I'm uh, over the new lockdown measures now. I'm over everything. Our kids are going to be day drinking and they'll get into the habit of it. And uh, Those fools should have closed off licenses as well and left the pubs alone. Now they'll be drinking all day. And somebody said yesterday that ahead of the change at 8 o'clock there were big queues outside the off licenses uh, roll on the house parties. One or two texts on that. I'm fed up listening to hospitality moaning again and again about how hard they worked. They put in sanitize, sanitizers, they distanced their customers and they checked COVID certs. I suggest they should talk to doctors and nurses in our hospitals or better still, take a walk through our COVID wards and ICU and see firsthand how hard they're working and uh, have worked and will continue to work dealing with this pandemic. None of us are going to get sick or pass away without a drink 
or a meal out. But some unfortunate people will do if they get this virus. And it's those very worn out, hard work and frontline workers that we will be depending on to help us, not the hospitality sector. We're all fed up. So just get on with it and be grateful to be able to get up and move around, says a fed up listener who's fed up of listening to hospitality moaning. You know, instead of maybe all of the billions and billions and billions that were spent on EWSS and PUP, if they had that money to find, why couldn't they have found all of that money to build and to install 1,000 ICU beds across our hospitals in recent years to be able to deal with things like COVID? Uh, that would be too sensible, I suppose. Andrew says, anyway, this is my thoughts on hospitality closing at 8 p.m. Uh, closing pubs at 8 o'clock is absolutely ridiculous. It's like they can predict that COVID only spreads after 8 o'clock. People will just have house parties after 8 o'clock due to closure of pubs at 8, and which will mean there'll be more COVID cases then if we, than if we were in the pub. Um, I've been fully vaccinated since July and I only got vaccinated so I can enter places that require you to be fully vaccinated. But what's the point now? Considering anything I want to do is basically the same as being unvaccinated, they say. We're all being treated the same. Pubs were only opened indoors to fully vaccinated, so why close them when only fully vaccinated were allowed indoors? The government says this vaccine works, but they're closing pubs at 8 o'clock. And now, because the Janssen or the Pfizer vaccine isn't strong enough to prevent Omicron, you need a booster. How many more vaccines will we need to finally get our lives back to normal? I'm sick of it all at this stage. The government is making up as we go along. Didn't they say uh, yesterday, where was it last night, there was news that something like 50% of people who are testing positive for COVID now are not isolating and they're just getting on with their lives. That means that 50% of them are totally and utterly fed up with the whole thing. Anyway, a lot of texts to come back to and I will do, but I'm conscious of calls and I want to get back to them. Now, we spoke uh, to Michelle last week. You might call, recall it. She, um, there was a trip booked to Disneyland for the family and they were due to go on the 27th of the month. And you've guessed it, there was a passport issue. That was the gist of the story. Michelle joins me again. We have an update. Michelle, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Who, who was it that booked the Disneyland trip? It was my mum. Well done to her. And who was yeah. going to, who was travelling? Me, my mum and the two kids. And the kids are six and four, isn't it? Yeah. And, yeah. The, and the farms went off in October and you were getting no updates and no passports. No, nothing. No reply, no help, no nothing. Apart from, no, in fairness, the security guard inside the You the said that, office, yeah, so yeah. Lovely, yeah. Yeah, he was lovely and explained to you the situation and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Now, the flights, of course, are booked for the 27th of the month. So you got in yeah. touch with us. What happened after that? Uh, the council John Marr got in contact and he said, send on all the details. So He was I listening did. at the time, yeah, and he got on to Brenda. Been, yeah. yeah, that's right, got on to Brenda. Um sent all the details and I didn't know nothing I like all went quiet and I sent him a text last Wednesday and I just said you know is there any update and he just replied and just said that passports have been dispatched and have a nice Christmas like so nice of him so I don't know what he did but he worked his magic somehow anyway. and have you and got them arrived. yeah they arrived last Thursday we have them in hand I'm, I'm in fairness to him, Councillor John Marr. I thought it was only TDs that that kind of power, but he clearly can shake trees as well. Yeah, well, I suppose if you kind of ask the right people or know the right people, I don't know. Fair play to him. Glad he was yeah, listening. Absolutely. Glad he called Brenda. Glad that he got involved. So everything's yeah. good for the twenty seventh. Yes, can't wait. Yeah. So excited. Yeah, <laughs> you're not expecting any kind of restrictions between now and then to knock it on the head, no? 
I, I'm not going to even think about You're that right. because it's you know, been something. such a such an ordeal to try and get this far. Yeah, they, they'll hardly stop us traveling. At this You're point. dead right. Don't worry about it. You got to drive on day at a time. And you know exactly. what? I mean, if. <laughs> You might even get an extended stay if they close the borders when you're in <laughs> Disneyland. You might get to live in Disneyland. <laughs> oh, goodness me. You and Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse and the gang. Have you ever been oh, there? Yeah. Oh, I have, yeah. I've been there a few times. I took my daughter there when I was, she was one, but obviously she doesn't remember it. But like the two of them are just adamant that that's all they want. They're the perfect age for Disneyland, six and four. Oh, Absolutely, and at Christmas is so magical. I, like I've never seen the like we're going to the um, the New Year's fireworks and all that. So it's, oh uh, it's just my amazing. god, it's going to be incredible. Okay, so yeah. great Christmas ahead. A lot of relief, yeah. thank God. That's sorted. Absolutely. You can Absolutely. get around, you can get on with all of the other stresses of Christmas now and all that brings. <laughs> no doubt you're exactly. no doubt you're totally organised, though, are you? I am. Yeah, yeah, I actually am. <laughs> I have to be. Right. Well, delighted for you. Have a great Christmas. And they'll be in bed very early for Santa Claus and Christmas Eve, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Mommy will have to wine out. <laughs> be wine o'clock when they go to bed, well. Oh, yeah. Enjoy it. You're in the, you need Thanks it. You, you, you deserve really it. And have a great it. trip to Euro Disney, all right? Enjoy Super. it. Thanks so much. Take care, Michelle. Great stuff. I love love when people come back with updates, particularly the good ones, and it's great to be involved in successes like that. Do you recall my chat with uh, Monica Pemberton there last week? We were talking, and it got us a lot of photographs sent, actually, from people with their uh, ugliest Christmas decoration. She's had this kind of a competition going with her sister, Fran, in Perth for years, and they're trading ugly decorations and have been for years. I've got an update on that as well. Monica, good morning. Morning, Neil. Okay, I'm, not, I'm told that not only do I have you, but I also have Fran, who's um, in Perth in South Australia. Fran! Hi, Neil, how are you? Welcome aboard, the two sisters. Thank you very and, much. And, and, unlike the, and unlike the decorations, you're not the ugly sisters. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not, anyway. You're just yeah. the sisters with the ugliest decorations. <laughs> so, yeah, um, they're pretty who, brutal, all right. Yeah, I know, and I've seen them in the past. Who won, Monica? Well, it wasn't me. Not only did not only did she win, she actually annihilated me. I got one vote this year. Who decides on the decoration that's the ugliest again? Everybody oh. on our Facebook group, so all of our friends she and family, them. but nobody actually them. knows who who is it. Yeah, she pays them. Don't they're like, don't listen to her. She actually pays. Them. You sound identical. <laughs> I wouldn't the two have of you. enough money to pay them. You sound identical. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we apparently look we look like exactly well. like each other as well. Oh my god! As you could stand each, stand in for each other. Fran, how long? How long we are you? Well, actually, my mother sounds the same as well. People, when I go home to Ireland, if the house phone rings at home and I pick it up, I've got some of my mum's friends launching into like a five-minute conversation <laughs> with me before I have to say to them, "Hang on, hang on, it's not no, Vera, no. it's me." I'll don't, do it for you. Don't interrupt. You see, you're getting all Monica's gossip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I'm the same with my daughter, my eldest daughter Beth. People ring people would ring me and if Beth answered the phone they'd do exactly the same thing so it must be a generation I haven't a clue which one of them I'm talking to to be quite honest with you Fran how long are you down there you and no Australian accent so we're uh, we came it'll be 14 years next year so we came in 2008 with our two, my husband and our two daughters our 16 year old at the time who hated us said we ruined her life <laughs> how old and was she? our 3 year old how old is yeah. she at the time yeah. 16? 
She was just turned 16, yeah. You dragged, we were the worst parents in the world. You we dragged, totally ruined her life. You she dragged her away from, her, from her school, her friends, her relations. Yeah, yeah everything, oh yeah. God. We were horrible parents. She's and, all right uh, about it now, though, is she? Ah, uh, look, she's she's absolutely thriving here. She's going to be thirty now next year. Got a wonderful <laughs> partner, great job. She 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 loves it. Yeah, she loves oh, it. And, and our youngest girl is identifies as Irish, but really Australian, and <laughs> she loves to go home and visit family and all of that. But she actually loves it here. Well, there's nothing She'll we can do about next that. February. There's nothing we can do about yeah. that. We lost him to the Aussies. Yeah. How did you avoid the Aussie twang, though? For me, yeah. I suppose it's probably because I was in my 40s when I came. So I'll be, I'll be 56 next year. So I suppose I'd done like most of my growing up in Ireland anyway. So we had it. So my eldest girl still has the Irish accent. But the youngest one, obviously, because she was only three and a half coming, she did all of her schooling in Australia and everything. So she's totally, she's a total little, like, uh, yeah, oh. Aussie. Okay. So your yeah. your Christmas decoration is the gingerbread man that's missing half his head, head needs yeah. serious dental yeah. work because his teeth are an absolute disgrace. I bet there was some doctoring went uh, on there. Yeah. You're such a sore loser, not Monica. <laughs> Absolutely not. There wasn't an ounce of my no, going knows on with I'm them. joking. <laughs> yeah. You'll win it next no. year. No, well, Who'll win it next year? <laughs> no, Monica no? will win it next year. She'll come fighting uh, look, back. Had, she's had some great. She's had some great runs. I mean, she's hammered me like totally slammed me for about four or five years in a row. Where some of her stuff, you wouldn't put it. Honestly, it's just you wouldn't put it into the fire Christmas morning. It's been so bad. She's done really well for years and years. Uh, I've just me, had a little bit of a run. Yeah, your own Christmas though will be a kind of a hot, humid, sticky one. Would it be anyway traditional? So down we're there? predicting. Look, we're predicting Christmas Day this year is going to be 38 degrees and um, the 26th is, uh, they're talking about 42 degrees. But we do a lovely Christmas morning meet-up at the beach. With, so the first year we came here, we had a Christmas morning meet-up at the beach with some other Irish families. I think there was about six of us at it. And last year, because we haven't had any COVID lockdown in WA, we've been very blessed. Last wow. year, I think there was about 60 at it. What do you do so, on the beach? Um, so we we swim, barbecue. Everybody brings these little portable barbecues and and sunshades, gazebos, and eskies with ice and drinks and fruit and prawns and all that stuff. And we just do a cook up on the beach on Christmas morning. And everybody puts. It's really cool actually to see all the Irish flags hanging off the gazebos. You got like Tyrone and Dublin. I know, and but deep down, I know, deep down in your heart and your soul, you're pining for an Irish Christmas. That's a fact, man. I I I am. That's right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you, you really. <laughs> No. <laughs> you want the wet, damp, cold, dark I weather. I don't think my bones, I don't think my bones, look, I love going home. I've been, unfortunately, I haven't been able to go home for the last two years over COVID. I know. And like, you've, you know, we've, we've missed so much. And look, there's sacrifices to living here as nah, well. You'll you know miss I mean? the Irish, I, you miss the dry turkey. You I, do. I do. And I miss the Irish, I miss the, the English market. And I miss like ah. just Patrick Street and going into Pennies and, uh. you know, going to Guyne. I miss all of that. I but know, um, look, yeah. I yeah. know, but so the trade off on Christmas, Christmas morning is the beach, and thir- you can keep your 38 degrees, you can keep your 42 degrees. That would be hell on earth. <laughs> I'm for swimming me. with the dolphins. Well, maybe I wouldn't mind a swim, but the rest of it, yeah. I don't know. But listen, happy Christmas to you all. Thank I- you so much. Yeah. Can I just much. take a minute to wish all of my family in Ireland, um, my beautiful sister Monica, my only sister, if I had more, she'd still be my favourite. <laughs> my brothers, 
There's my sister-in-laws, my mother, my relatives. I miss them all so much. And um, happy Christmas to everybody. All right. And hopefully next year, 2022, we'll get to visit. Ah, Monica, I'm crazy about Fran. She's (laughs) fabulous, isn't she? She just the best. I mean, you're good. She's yeah. just as good as you. I hear tell mm-hmm. you're on. I hear tell you're on the hunt for a turkey ham and a spiced beef for your well, Monica. You know, I mean, if you I want to it. throw it up. No, of course <laughs> you have it, Fran. You sound to me the most organised person in the world. But Monica is a she different. Is. The only thing we don't have is I don't have a spiced beef, but I do have the turkey and I do have the McLaughlin's Irish ham and the Clonakilty black pudding <laughs> and and the brown bread I make myself. So uh, now we're all sorted. Monica has nothing done. I'd say not a tap. She has. Oh God, Jesus! She's more organised than she's more organised than Mrs. Claus. All right. Well, listen. Well, I've had my my two girls are over. Well, actually, one of them is coming in from the UK this morning on the happiest eleven flight. Oh, brilliant! Um, the oh, other man. one has been here since the beginning of December because she's been terrified of everything going into lockdown. That's just so terrified of Boris Johnson. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's that too. All right, well, listen, Um, I think I have a turkey, ham and a spiced beef voucher somewhere in the building. So I'll I'll dig one out for you. It's probably the very last one I have. And have it with uh, my pleasure, all right? And Christmas greetings. Oh, that's brilliant. Thank you very much. All right, girls. Happy Christmas to you both. You deserve it, man. We'll we'll tune in again Oh, for God's sake, the two of you are like the Waltons. Would you give me a break? (laughs) Good night, Jim Bob. Bye. Good luck. Good night, Mary Ellen. Big song. Greg Lake really threw the kitchen sink at that one, I believe, and Father Christmas. For Katrina and everybody at Murray Properties, the whole team have been listening all year long. Happy Christmas to you all. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. New year, new number for Neil. 0818-104-106. With a 350 euro voucher to give away every day this week for the English market. We're looking for the longest ho, ho, ho. You do some serious damage with 350 euro to spend in the English market. And everybody loves the market, particularly at Christmas time. It is a bountiful place to visit as you get into town for whatever traditions you have on the week leading up to Christmas Day. So a 350 euro voucher, I'll open the phone lines in about a half an hour's time. The longest ho, so you get to go ho, ho, take a deep breath, and then the longest ho wins a 350 euro voucher, courtesy of ourselves in the English market. I'll open the phone lines. You should be practicing now, lads. Uh, see what kind of uh, see what kind of air you can get into your lungs. Now, I've been minding this card for days, because it seems to me as if I got it about a month ago, but it was probably just maybe the back end of last week, and it's a Christmas card, and it's very time-sensitive. So I want to say a very special good morning to everybody at Davis College. Here's what it says. We listen to you every morning in Davis College. Happy Christmas and a happy new year. We're having our Christmas party on Tuesday the 21st today. And we'd love a shout out that day, anywhere time between 11am and 11.10am. So they're quite precise. I just got it in before 10 past 11. That's our small break. So they're having a bit of a Christmas party today at at, uh, Davis College. So good morning to Bailey O'Driscoll, to Fiona. Um, I, I'm, forgive me, I can't make out Fiona's 
surname and I'm not even going to have a stab at it. So Fiona's one of the teachers and Sinead Harding is an SNA. So to Bailey, Fiona and Sinead and everybody at Davis College, uh, thank you so much for your card. I hope you have a great Christmas and whatever little get-together you're having right now, I hope you enjoy it. So happy Christmas to you all. Thanks for getting in touch. Meanwhile, lines open at one 104 106 You can text 86 Sorry, you can text 0868104106. And also, we had Reggie in studio yesterday, it being Christmas week. And today, the one and only John Spillane is going to play us out this morning with a lot to do, including a couple of Christmas tunes. Don't know if Spallacci ever did a cover of this one. So that's as Christmassy as it gets, isn't it? Wham! And last Christmas. Um, interestingly, uh, a friend of mine said to me yesterday, you know, I know you go on about the city and uh, everything to do with um, inviting people into town, but if it wasn't for the window in Brown Thomas, uh, she was saying, you'd never have known that it was Christmas inside in Cork during the day. I think that was uh, in an effort to say that not enough people were making an effort business-wise and sizing the city. And if it wasn't for Brown Thomas and the effort that they make, you'd never know. That's what she was saying. I mean, I think it's an awful shame because Debenhams is an absolute eyesore. I mean, notwithstanding the fact that so many people lost their jobs and there was so much grief over it. But it's a total eyesore now at a time when, if it were open, it would be probably be booming and be very, very busy. But John was saying, heard you talking about the Gardaí on traffic duty on Patrick Street, uh, the run-up to Christmas. Yeah, that's because of the, the traffic ban. But he says, uh, just to add to that conversation, if you now come out of the English market and look towards, say, Bishop Lucy Park's beautiful gates, there is now a glass box coffee shop that never actually opened that blocks the view of the gates. Putting it there is absolute madness. Have the powers that be lost pride in our city? It's fallen apart around us, and not in a building way, as it seems to be thriving with all the new glass houses they seem to be building. The city is dying. It's losing its soul, and it's losing its life. We need these headbangers in charge to lose the egos and start addressing the real issues in the city and stop talking about problems and solving them. Uh, just get on with solving them. Look at Galway that stole our lunch. They had real issues with traffic, but they have a vibrant city full of arts, races and full of tourists. Not about the tourists. They really have one street. We have so much more to offer. What do you think the impression of Cork City is to a tourist these days? We need to start thinking in a progressive way to get people back into the city, back shopping in the city, back socialising in the city and back using the city as a functional amenity open to all. As right now, it seems like nobody's using the city like it should be used. We are the rebel county. Let's rebel. Ignore the pitfalls the council are leading us down. We seem to make things too complicated here. The more we discuss... Uh, negative or positives. Now, the only way to create is for council fully educated retailers and know how exactly... Don't follow that part one, but he says, if the council think the approach is working, walk and talk to the retailers. It's a reflection of the city and it's simply not working. There was always, as Cork people would say, a buzz, but that's now gone. A busy city centre creates a busy atmosphere, which we actually love in retail. So John is clearly in retail in the city. The functionality of the city has been affected. You simply cannot grab and run anymore, as in somebody in for a message quickly and leg it again. The more we discuss parking, uh, and we've been discussing this for years, it just has more and more of a negative impact on the consumer and the mindset. Yeah, I suppose if you talk up the negatives, it kind of you're disinclined then to, to go in. Was the traffic ever actually that bad? 
that we have moments, we might have the odd moment, but it's Cork. It was never that bad for the changes they put in place. We probably need less traffic wardens now. Um, please don't give up my full details on these in business in the city. Um, uh, you know, I know. I mean, I still thought that there was a, a good buzz yesterday. Like a lot of the coffee shops were very busy. People were indoors and doing their thing, and they were outdoors where a lot of the coffee shops and the cafes have of tables and chairs outside. I, I quite enjoyed it. And I was around Patrick Street. I love Oliver Plunkett Street. Uh, I was down around um, uh, Patrick's Bridge and the Keys as well. And then over along by the Mall and down the Grand Parade and all the way through the English Market. And it's great because you always bump into someone. Anyway, lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Your thoughts on that are welcome. Uh, back to the phone lines we go. Thomas standing by. So is Tricia. And this is uh, this is Shannon on on conversations from last week that we had and a lot of fun. Uh, all of it came from Robert looking for a Christmas present for his wife, and then we ended up talking about the worst Christmas presents everybody got. Shannon, hi. I think your one is right up there. It's it's hard to believe. What did you get from your mother-in-law? Um, a roll of clink film uh, the year I was pregnant on my first son. And why in the name of God would she have given you that? The brand is Shannon. Um, <laughs> that's it I is. Got. I have it at home. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it, it was worse because it was wrapped with a bow on it and put underneath my Christmas tree. And you know yourself, you give it a shake. And, and it's like, heavy. Oh, and it's rattles. And I, yeah, and I was like, oh, thanks very much. A couple of days later, I was saying, thanks very much for the present. And she was looking at me funny. And she, I was like, I haven't opened it yet. And she goes, oh, it has your name on it at least. So I was thinking maybe she got me a, a lovely candle with my name on it. Yeah, or, yeah. Um, or Christmas Day, then I uh, opened my partner's present and that was an iron. So it Your was partner got you an iron? Yeah, and he thought it was okay because it was pink. He, he uh, justified it because it was pink. So, um, Did you nearly bait him with the iron? Uh, yeah, he was nearly wearing it. Um, I think my mom had to calm me down Christmas morning. So then Stephen's Day, I opened the present for my mother-in-law and it was cling film and I was just traumatised. <laughs> Shannon got a roll of Shannon cling film from your mother. Was that the only gift you got from, from her? The only gift. Um, Has she got a sense of humour or something, do you think? Uh... Yeah, you could say that. Um, she thought it was funny. I most certainly didn't find it funny at the time. I laugh about it now, but it, I did. You know, when you're pregnant and you're hormonal, uh, um, was the, it wasn't funny. At was the time it wrapped in a bow? At least it was. It was, yeah, and it was lovely. It was lovely and wrapped. It was wrapped really nicely. <laughs> I, I was all excited. You should but, have left uh, it wrapped. <laughs> I sort of, I felt like wrapping her car in it. That's what I felt like. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap your husband in cling film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just leave a little gap for his nose to breathe or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what did you get him that year, the year you got a pink iron in cling film? Do you know what I got him that year? And I think this is why I got so upset about it. I was after getting him a lovely kind of frame with the baby scanning it saying, I can't wait to meet your daddy. And oh, this oh that's beautiful. Um, oh, yeah, my um, God. What an effort. And the ones I've purposely not ironed his clothes and <laughs> let him do it himself. Yeah, let yeah, him do it so, himself. A baby yeah. arrived safely and everything. Yeah, um, yeah. A month later, he my baby came a month early. So I think uh, I, I was traumatized for the full month until he came along. My old boss or friend, she was like my therapist for the whole month. <laughs> I just cried about it for the whole month. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you had a New Year's gift then of a small little baby boy, was it? Yeah, done that. 
Donna, lovely name. Yeah. Great story. <laughs> Great story. Yeah. Cling film, of course, after the brand name. I can see her logic in it, but I think that maybe a second little prize as a present as a backup would have made a lot more sense. But having it said would that, have, yeah. here we are talking about it, and I love those kind of calls. Yeah. Thanks, Shannon. Good luck to you. No Cheers. Problem, Take thanks. care. Tricia, good morning. All right, let me see where I got. Oh, I got you on two. Tricia, thanks for holding. Happy Christmas. What happened? No, not on two, guys. So maybe I might try, try Tom instead on three. Tom? Good morning, Neil. Oh, good man, yourself. Now, you, um, this is going back some years ago, is it? That's right. And you, you're inside in the shop. What's the shop? No, no, I, I was, I, I was working with a company called Apex Fire. Yeah. And uh, we'd, locked, we'd finished up for Christmas and uh, I was in the garage after putting all the bits and pieces away at home for, for, oh, for Christmas, all done. And next thing, this man arrives at the gate and he says, uh, I believe you, you, you work with Apex Fire, he says. And I said, that's right. I'm looking for a uh, present for the wife, he says, for Christmas. And I'm looking at him going, holy Jesus, what does he want? And he said, um, he says, what are you looking for? He says, an extinguisher, he says. So I said, Jesus, I said, I don't know if I have a new one. I said, sure, look, have you got anything at all, he says. And I said, I have. I had a small extinguisher in, in the garage. And I said, how about that? Yeah, so grand, it'll be grand. He says, I'll wrap it up for him. It'll be clean. It'll be grand. He says, thanks very much. And did you sell and it to him? I didn't. I gave it to him. <laughs> Jesus, I said, God, it was probably thrown around his head the next morning, Neil. Was it one of those small little foam things you might keep in the no, kitchen? No, exactly. A 2 kg powder for the house. And uh, <laughs> off, he, off he went with it for Christmas. What? Did you ask him? Do you not try and give him advice man to man? Well, I, I said, I said, are you for real? That's what I said to him. And he kind of looked at me. He was, he was a, a country, country man. And he kind of said, should it be grand? What? I don't know how we, uh, it'll be grand, he says. And off he went. <laughs> he bought his wife a second hand for free what? fire extinguisher. That's it. Well, I'd say, if there was R.I.P. Neil, at that time, we'd be looking up the next morning. We would have phoned him, I'd say. You better believe it. If nothing else, <laughs> she'd, she'd have turned the extinguisher on him. He'd be covered in foam for the day. Exactly. How did he find exactly. you, Tom, I wonder? How did he find you? Did he look you up somewhere? Well, no, I'd say, we see, we used to have an office in Ballancolic, and I'd say that he called there, he would have, he was a countryman, and we were, like, we were in Ballancolic for nearly 30 odd years, so everybody knew the house, and that's where, where our office was, and probably called down there, and they said, call up and give him my address, and call up to the house. I'd love and, to talk yeah. to that fella, see how he got on with the fire extinguisher. Notwithstanding the fact that everybody should have one, and a carbon exactly. monoxide uh, alarm, exactly. and a fire alarm, a smoke alarm as well. But not you don't give it as a gift to the wife of that you can be sure. No, no, it's a nice, it's a nice, it's a nice gift to give to somebody if they're moving into a new house or something. But certainly not on Christmas <laughs> oh, morning. All right. all right, my man, thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Have a great Christmas. Cheers, well my done. man. Thank can you, you beat any of those? Cling film, a pink iron, a second-hand fire extinguisher. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now on the new number, 0818-104-106. A fair play to you, boys. As I popped into my local yesterday about 5 o'clock and the pub was packed when normally it wouldn't be packed. It's because the pubs are closing at 8 o'clock. Everyone is going to the pubs and that spreads the virus even more. And if they'd left them alone. P.S. I can't come on air. The missus would know I went for a sneaky pint. Please, I'm going for a sneaky pint today. Don't mention my name. I'll be there about 5 o'clock and I'll text you in the morning to let you know how many's in the pub. So thank you to my whistleblower, Deep Throat. Do you really think that your wife doesn't know that you go for a pint and you come home with the smell of alcohol or the smell of pints on your breath? I mean, has she lost the ability to smell or what? But do come back to me and let me know. Of course, all it means now is that they're concentrating lots and lots of people in the pub for a shorter period of time. 
but more of them and God knows what people do after 8 o'clock one or two fast texts you know on the topic of, of uh, trying to why do we ask kids to finish their food I was asking when we never ask adults to finish their, theirs particularly when things like come like things say like for instance Brussels sprouts being made to clear my plate resulted in weight issues for my entire life when your child is full they'll know when they're full don't force feed them my three kids have healthy weight and healthy attitudes to food because I did exactly the opposite with them to how my parents dealt with me says Therese and this is lovely it says on the topic of veggies I'm nearly 30 years old and to this day when my mom makes dinner she still puts broccoli and sprouts on my plate knowing that I'm not going to eat them I can't stand the taste but I love carrots and parsnips especially roasted in honey yummy my mouth is watering but I did ask her on Sunday why she still does it and puts things like broccoli and sprouts on my plate and her reply was you're never too old for a miracle and if you do eat them and enjoy them someday that's what it will be a miracle I'm the only one in the family that doesn't like them that's a beautiful text well sent and then just a couple then oh listen can I also say uh, Marie was in touch to wish Roseanne Byrne and Adam Brennan a wonderful wedding day I believe it's Today, I think it's today in Ballymaloo, it's their third attempt due to COVID. Best wishes to both of them, Roseanne and Adam. I hope you got the day right, but Marie texted me on behalf of herself and all of the family and friends. And one here, you know, we're asking about Christmas bonuses or appreciated at work during the year, particularly if companies did very well. Uh, the company I'm with is refusing to pay me the correct holiday pay, not to mention any kind of a bonus. It's be the hardest Christmas so far. And I'm still not even done. And one more, uh, don't give up my details, but as, as a gesture during the first lockdown, we received chocolates. I said, thank you for working through COVID. We got a 500 euro voucher recently, which was meant to be less. But because the company did better than expected, they bumped it up to 500 euro. We also get a voucher for Christmas every year, which varies on the length of time you've been working for the company. And I also have a big hamper waiting for me once I return home for Christmas. It's nice to feel appreciated for the work that you do. Well, your company seems to really go above and beyond whomever they are, you don't say. Anyway, text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on our new number, if you wouldn't mind, 0818104106. Meanwhile, it's always too good to catch up. And we uh, have had some fun in the past with the likes of Bernice who sends hampers down to Australia and they're unbelievable the size of them and I hope to get to talk to her this side of midday but I just want to do things differently for a moment because I got uh, an email in this morning and you might recall yesterday's conversation with what went on on Douglas Street when there was a car came down Douglas Street the two left wheels went up on two cars totaled the sides of the cars but more importantly somebody on a bike was badly injured. Now, the car drove on. It looked like an SUV to me. And the car drove on, stopped for a while. Uh, the brake lights on. All this was captured on CCTV. And after 10, 12 seconds, just drove off. Now, um, I don't know more about the story than that, apart from the fact that I got an email this morning from a nurse. And she says, my car was the car that was hit in the hit and run on Douglas Street on Thursday evening. And she says, although I'm thankful that nobody was seriously injured, uh, her car, of course, is completely and utterly undrivable at this stage. And that's Laura I'm referring to. Laura, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? You must have got... I mean, were, were you, do you live on Douglas Street or was it just parked up there or what? Um, yeah, so I'm actually renting um, on Douglas Street. So it was parked just a few doors down from my house. But um, I knew nothing about it, obviously, until a guard arrived at my door, like, to inform me that my car had been involved in a crash, you know. And you went out to look at it then? And what did you see? 
Yeah, so basically the guard kind of said that she was waiting for a colleague and then I could go down with the guards to um, have a look at it. And yeah, that was it. Basically, I just saw the car obviously, you know, parked there and all one side. You could tell straight away, like all the back was all dented and all kind of out of alignment. Like you could tell straight away that it wasn't drivable. It was know? hit by a very big vehicle, I have to say. And yeah, um, it mounted yeah. the side of your car and I think the one yeah, behind exactly. it. I mean, it's lucky that there was nobody. I mean, there was somebody injured. Did you see the video footage at all? I did, yeah, because when I first came in down, obviously I didn't know what had happened and the guard kind of started explaining to me that there was a delivery driver, but I didn't understand that it was a person on a bike first. Yes. I didn't realise. I thought yes. it was maybe someone in a van or no, something, you know. No, no, no. But, Misfortune um, was, was between I, the two cars. He was yeah, between it was the only t- when I checked the CCTV myself then I saw it and sure I couldn't believe it. Like, yeah, I was mad. And to drive off. I hope the guards yeah. managed to track that individual down. Yeah, so obviously it's an ongoing investigation, yes. you know, I don't really know okay. much about it. But and you're um, nursing in the city, is it, Laura? Yeah, I'm a nurse in the city, yeah. Okay, and you need, but family are in West Cork, are they? Yeah, down in West Cork, yeah. And are you telling me that your insurance doesn't cover a car replacement? Yeah, so I rang them and my policy, you know, I, I know that the company is just my policy or whatever I'm on, but no, it doesn't um, cover any replacement. Can I ask you, does it recover repairs? Does it cover um, So, obviously, if it comes to it, you know, if I have to claim, obviously, off my own insurance, you know, if the other parties aren't found or whatever, then I'll have to just claim off my own insurance and all that, you know? Laura, that is awfully unfair. It really yeah, is, because that's yeah, a lot no. of damage to your car. Yeah, it's like, I kind of, I don't know how much damage yet, really. It's all kind of ongoing, but I'd say it will be probably wrote off, I'd say, you know? Laura, that's shocking sad news. And you've been working, well, do you mind me asking what hospital you're in or what... what um, I'm actually in Cope Foundation. Right. Yeah. Okay. Nursing with Cope. You are helping the most vulnerable for the last couple of years. In fairness. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 you're you're stuck to get up and down to West Cork now. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. Like you know, I obviously the buses don't go as far as my house or anything. Like where did the where's home? Where's home down west? Um, it's down in um, Kilbrishen is where it's where I'm from. And you're due to get some time off to be with family. Um, yeah, well, you know yourself, obviously, I'm not, I can't obviously take a week off or anything over Christmas, but, you know, I'd be up and down maybe two days at home and back up to work a few days and, you know. You need, a set, you need yeah. a set of wheels, notwithstanding the worry of whether or not the damage is going to be covered. I hope that happens. It really is. But in the yeah, short well, term, you were hoping, because, uh, you know, uh, like, it's, it's, it's hard to put money together for an unexpected expense at Christmas time, you know? Yeah, with especially to, Christmas week, you I know, know. yourself. Like, Listen, you know. I know. I'm glad you got in yeah. touch with me because I know you were looking for somebody to rent a car at a reasonable price to help you out. I'm glad you got in touch because we got in touch with uh, Jackie Dawson, who's the group marketing manager with Kiri's. They have a lot of different mm-hmm. motor car brands out there. They've been very good to us in the past. Yeah. And let's see if Jackie is in a Santa Claus mood. Jackie, good morning. <laughs> Morning, Neil, and hello, Laura. I'm sorry for your trouble. Absolutely. Now, you, you know the story. You may have seen the video, Jackie, even. I don't know whether you did or not. Yeah, it's, I know. It's an awful thing to happen and completely out of your control. And mm-hmm. uh, you must be feeling fairly shaken. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can help you. <laughs> yeah, you can tell that she's still shook. I mean, she must have gone off yeah. fright when she saw the damage and watched the video. Thankfully, nobody was seriously injured. But Jackie, can you guys help her out for a week or so or maybe until she gets sorted? Of course we can. Um, as you know, Kiri's are a big motor group, uh, one of Ireland's largest uh, motor group groups and obviously uh, pretty big in Cork. We'd have a lot of customers and uh, a lot of repeat customers. So, Laura, whether you're a customer or not, we're very happy to lend you uh, a car to tide you over uh, this difficult time and particularly you, you have 
hundreds of miles to do up and down to West Cork. So well yeah. if you get in touch with us, we will sort you out uh, today Thank you or so tomorrow. Much. I and really appreciate you. You've no idea. Thanks a million. All right, if you can get yourself out to Kiri's in the Kinsale Road, you know, just off the slip there. Yeah. Yeah, I know where you yeah, are, right? Yeah. And Thank yeah. you so, so much, genuinely. I appreciate it so much. And Laura, don't be asking for um, a convertible soft top 3 Series BMW now, Anthon, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever the most expensive car you have, I'll take it. <laughs> we, we have plenty of those. Um, we also have lots and lots of lovely hybrids and electric vehicles but, uh, and petrol and diesel. So um, looking oh forward to welcoming God. all our customers in in January for their new cars. But we have plenty of new and used cars and we will find a decent car for you for the next couple of weeks well sure. said. you say that thank with so much so authority much. Jackie thank you so much for coming on board and helping out a nurse like Laura in circumstances that were not of our control and you too Laura. thanks so much Jackie regards to everybody here so there you go actually I have to tell you Laura that in the past Kiri's also helped us with other calls we had Emma O'Callaghan on there some time ago whose car mm-hmm. was burnt out uh, and they gave her the loan of a Dacia Duster uh, some, yeah. just, just a couple of weeks back so they're very good in that regard so listen yeah, dr- that's amazing yeah. That so up. that's one relief anyway for you. So that's one part of Christmas at least rescued, yeah? Absolutely. Jesus, that's huge relief now. Thank you so much for sending the email. Delighted to be able to help you out. Happy Christmas to you and yours. I hope things work out Thanks with the repair of your car. You're welcome. Cheers. Take Thanks care, Laura. Merry Christmas. Thank you, you too. All the best. Bye-bye. All the best. Thank Bye-bye. You. That's great. Oh, it's fantastic to be able to help people out. And thank you to Curious and to Jackie Dawson for coming on board on that one. Okay, let's open the phone lines now to get our calls sorted out. We have a €350 Euro voucher for the English market every day this week. And upset about that. You need to check the market out yourself for all of your Christmas shopping. But we're looking for the longest Ho, ho, ho. So we'll take three callers, callers 10, 11 and 12, see how we get on. The the idea is you're on the clock, Brenda's timing. So what you need to do is, first of all, you just do the short ho, ho, then a deep breath and then the longest ho that you can do wins today's prize, 350 euro voucher. Get dialing now, 1-850-104-106. In studio after the break, the one and only John Spillane. Calling Red FM Studio? Call the new number, 0818-104-106. Okay, let's, as, as Bellacci is tuning up there to get us in the festive mood, let's see what Mark and Carmel have to offer, right, with the longest hoe. Mark O'Brien is a chef working in the city, but originally from Dublin. That doesn't disqualify you. We had a bit of a chat about it, Mark. We're still, even in spite of the fact that you're a dub, we're still going to give you a shot of it. Can you hear me all right? I can, indeed. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Have you been practising? Uh, just I was, I was, during the week I was, yes. All right. Did you clock yourself at any stage? Uh, I think I got about 24 seconds yesterday. Uh, for God's sake, man. I do that in my sleep. 24 <laughs> seconds? All right. Let's see, how you, let's see how you get on and then it's down to Carmel to see if she can beat you. Carmel, are you all right there? Can you hold on a couple of seconds? Keep an I am. Yeah, keep an eye on the Dublin competition here, all right? We're <laughs> up the Rebels. Up the Rebels. Beat 24 Wait, seconds. Right. <laughs> You're doing this for the Pride of Cork, Cork now, Carmel, all right? Oh my God, it's all on my shoulders, Neil. <laughs> the Pride of Cove. You're ne- you never, you were never found wanting in the singing department. Let's see if you can do a ho ho ho. Okay, oh, Mark. Oh, oh. So what oh. I want you to do is the short ones first. Ho ho, and a big deep breath. When are you ready? You ready now? Okay, I'm ready. There, now, yeah. Ready, Brenda. Go, Mark. Okay, ho ho ho. Mother of God Almighty, what happened there? I'm absolutely heartbroken with these phone lines. Mark, are you still there? I'm going to have to do it in reverse, guys, I'd say. Are you there, Carmel? 
jeez, uh, Neil, that's putting ferocious pressure it's on not, me now. It's not me. It's so-called modern technology. He's probably still hoeing at the other <laughs> end of the line. He's probably hoeing like a whore. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that he's in Dublin when something like that happens, don't you? Yeah, he'd probably say now that he's still hoeing when he comes on about two no, minutes uh, later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to cut the phone just cut off. That was my fault. Don't worry about it. Can you do it again, pal? All right, I'll try, try it again now. I'm not, I'm not losing a bit of breath now. Ah, Jez, would you stop at the whinging? <laughs> Brenda, here we go. You're full of hot okay. air in Dublin. Full of hot air, yeah. You should win it with all the Dublin hot air. Go for it, Mark. <laughs> all right. Ho, yep. ho, ho. Crash. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's what I had to do with twice. Was that only 22 seconds? Yeah. Oh, my God. 22 oh, seconds. You didn't even beat your own personal record, man. That's what I had to do with twice now. Ah, uh, no way. No consolation prize on this one. Carmel. And I'm doing this on a whim now, like. Yeah, uh, you'd. Come here. You'd beat that in your sleep, woman. Hardly ever. A big set of cove lungs on you. Are you ready? Okay, let's go for it. Brenda's ready, so a short ho ho and a long one. Off you go. Ho ho ho. Mother of divine God Almighty. What is it they say? Jesus, Mary, and don't forget the little donkey. <laughs> 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 I have to I have to get her back because no way I could let her a dub win unchallenged. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry about this, lads. I'm mortified. Carmel. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jesus. And uh, I was in full flow. No, I'm, I'm scarlet with the embarrassment. My apologies. We're making a fair now, two each. <laughs> At least know, it's at least it's eleven. Thing is that we should both get a prize, really. Listen, it's I eleven. Think so, yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to? Well, it's up to you guys. You can split the voucher two ways, but I wouldn't if I were you because you'll, <laughs> you'll easily beat him. Go on. Right. Okay. I'll do it again. So ready? Yeah. Ho ho ho. Ah, come here, you couldn't make this up. She got again. Still there. She's still there. No, she's gone. She's gone. I'll tell you what, I'd have to come back in a few minutes' time because we've got to rectify this because um, I, I don't know that it would be fair to let it go unchallenged. Help me out here, John Spillane's in studio, lads, to give us a bit of fun and entertainment. Oh, I love the sound of that, Spillane. Played a tune on the Shandon bells, the Isle of Inish free. Then we wandered down through old Cork town and crossed the River Lee. The Christmas lights were all sparkling as we sauntered down the quay into the English market and into eternity. Won't you come home to me? Tis by the English market gates I'll be. In the English market I was born one cold and frosty day. As they wrapped me up in a cabbage leaf, I could hear the angels say, 
Oh, you will know sorrow, oh small cork boy, but you'll know joy as well. Only make your choices wisely between heaven, between hell. Then my mother gently dipped me in the fountain of pure love. With her tender heart, she missed one part where she held me from above. Mavur Ninog, won't you come home to me? Tis by the English market gates I'll be. I hear the Christmas angel telling me to be strong. Here in this English market, Christmas angel song. That's so apt because we're giving away too. Because we're giving away three hundred and fifty euro voucher. At least we're attempting to for the English market. I'd say you have a free pass in there. They love to see you coming. Well, I wrote the song and I got <laughs> some potatoes and uh, some lovely bits and pieces for writing the Bit song. Of fish and Pat O'Connell, maybe. Yeah, lovely stuff. Uh, the longer monger, I calls him, and he loves the song. He lay down in the dark, listening to the song. Oh my God! He said, great. "I never knew I've been working on the English market all my life." Neil, he said, "I never knew I was in eternity." I said, "There you are, no Pat." There you are. There's the song to prove it. Listen great to see you and in spite of the 50% capacity the Everyman gig went down a storm I'm told we had a fabulous night in the Everyman the night before last because we had special guests but we had the Joan Denise Moriarty School of Dance you did a terrific video with them yeah well oh you know I brought out a single and they danced to the song yeah we called all the over wind, the place dancing through Cork yeah it was unbelievable fabulous yeah and it went viral it got 300,000 views and um, on the internet and it was just phoned on a, filmed on an iPhone by Karina Walsh and uh, beautiful choreography. What, yeah. a, what a lovely! If anybody school. hasn't seen it, we'll share it on social because it's a fabulous. It's a fabulous ad for Cork, isn't it? Lovely. And you're, but you seem to be staying unbelievably positive in spite of all of the carry on for musicians the last couple of years. Well, I, you know, I, I'm luckier than most, really, Neil, because I had a few different pots on the uh, on the fire. You could say, you know, I did um, songwriting workshops on Zoom for some people in America and some people in Ireland. And I did. You just um, adapted. I did a few bits and pieces, you know. So I wasn't as hard hit as a lot of musicians, you know. But my heart does go out to people who are just de- dependent completely on gigging. I know. I mean, it's amazing because I I love the album uh, Lapwing Nation. It just seems to be. I, I don't know why it's possible if you to even move up a gear, but you have done with this album. It's incredible, particularly the Dawn Chorus, which Thanks is inspiring. It's a beautiful piece of work. Ah, thank you so but much. But when I was because and I started looking at your stuff online. There's an incredible amount of your stuff online on YouTube. You and other people together, like it, it, it could be a couple of hours going through your successes. It must be amazing. Yeah, well, I, I'm um, you know building up a repertoire, you could say. But this one, like I went to London and I did the big, the big job with this record. You know, 100 Snow White Horses, big pr- production. Where do the, uh, where do all the musicians come from? Well, I went to this uh, this man, uh, John Reynolds, who is my producer, and he's got a team. You That's know, they're a London Irish kind of mafia crowd. Yeah. You know, there's Claire Kenny on bass. There's um, Graham Kearns on guitar. They're very similar to the people who play with um, Damien Dempsey. Amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And Sinead O'Connor a albums fantastic as Fantastic well. production. I have a couple of copies of it to give away, if you don't mind. It's a fabulous, so fabulous much. album. Yeah. Would make, a, would make a great gift as well. But in spite of all of that, who knows where we're going next year? What can we do? I know. I know. I mean, like, are we I, there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? I know. I know. What I mean, like, I was very lucky, as I say, and I had a great run of work in the last few months, and I just got the everyman in before midnight. Yeah. So somebody up there likes me. <laughs> so we just got away with it. You know, we pulled it, we put it. It was on, off, on, off, and it was on. 
All right, it's great to see you, my man. Are you going to do another tune for us? Yeah, I'll do. Well, I met um, Lana on the way in. She said, sing Princess Street, and she could have told me to sing it, so I said, I'll do a, I'll do a bit of it. And we kind of tend to do what we're told when Lana tells us to That's do something. That's what I thought, yeah. She told me during the week to make sure I played Krista Berg's A Spaceman Came Travelling, and I did, so I'd be obliged if you followed her lead. Uh, thank you so much. So I'll, I'll do some of it anyway. We'll see how far we get. Thanks a million, Neil. And congratulations on your, your, your new ratings. Cheers, my man. Appreciate it every day. Monday on Strawberry Hill Till I fell and I landed on your windowsill I hung there by a golden fine web I had woven from a hair of your head I spent Tuesday just walking through town Till I saw a gold angel come tumbling down And waltzing with seagulls up in an elm tree Where the wind runs her fingers above the dark lee and oh, will ya meet me on Saturday night? We'll dance in the shadows between the streetlights. Between these two rivers, I know where we'll meet on Princess Street. I spent Wednesday doing nothing at all till late in the evening. The wind came to call And stood at my window And danced a handstand The sun on her shoulder Boards in her hands The next morning I woke from a dream Of where the fish lie On their beds of deep green I watched Thursday morning Put on its new coat Of cloud at the elbow Blue sky at the throat Will ya meet me on Saturday night? We'll dance in the shadows Between the streetlights Between these two rivers I know where we'll meet On Princess Street Have we time for the last verse, Neil? You better, because she'll freak out otherwise I spent Friday counting the time Till up in a tower Heard some bells chime I saw a great goldfish Take wing like a swan And told me that Saturday Wouldn't be long Oh, will ya meet me on Saturday night We'll dance in the shadows Between the streetlights Between these two rivers I know where we'll meet On Princess Special request for Lana. I don't suppose, because we've done Princess Street and we've gone from Princess Street, of course, to the English market. There's not a chance of a bar or two of the streets of Belle of your hand, no? Oh, yeah. In a course. couple of seconds, though, because the pride of Cove is standing by here. Carmel. <laughs> this is unfair now, Neil. Short time look. What can I do? It's out of my control. I mean, I throw my hat at it here, but I can't get it sorted. So, will you give it one more go? 22 seconds to beat with your longest right. ho ho ho. One more song. Okay, let's hope. All right, Mark. Are you, are you nervous, Mark? All right, go for it. Go for it there, Carmel. Off you go. Ho, ho, ho! Oh, 
That's incredible. That's incredible. You know something? I'd say it could be very, very close. Ah, 24 seconds. <laughs> 24 seconds. Mark, I'm so sorry. It's got nothing to do with the Dublin in you. Not about that. Thanks very much, anyway. Uh, you're Up a good sport. Up Sorry, the Rebels. Mark. Sorry, Mark. Yeah, Try again tomorrow. Much, Cheers. Take care. Surely be the God. Surely be the God. 24 seconds can be paid tomorrow. But that's not oh. a bother. You've got a 350 euro oh, voucher for the Thank you. You don't the want to. You, you, staying you, on and doing a third time. Fair play. You don't, want to, you don't want to split it with Mark or anything, no? The practice. Oh, God, I have plenty of turkeys to be getting. <laughs> All right, girl, congratulations. Well done. 350 euro voucher for the English market. Little bit of the streets of Balafihan to play us out there. Spalachi. Oh, father dear, tell me if you can. Who are these men who have haunted my childhood? All around this neighborhood, around the streets of Ballyfehan, around the streets of Ballyfehan. Oh, son, oh, son, on Connolly Road, we remember James Connolly. He was a brave man, he tried to set his people free. He fought a hard war against great poverty and inequality. He was shot down in a coal prison yard. Sunday were brave men, we remember them around the streets of Ballyfehan, around the streets of Ballyfehan. Father dear, tell me if you can Who are these men who have haunted my childhood All around this neighborhood Around the streets of Ballyfehan Around the streets of Ballyfehan Oh son, oh son On Plunkett Road We remember Joseph Mary Plunkett He was a brave man He tried to set his people free I see his blood upon the rose And in the stars the glory of his eyes He was shot down in a cold prison yard Sunday were brave men We remember them Around the streets of Ballyfehan 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 a travelling troubadour, John Spillane. I tried to get a booking for the for the Kilmaina Museum tour, and it's not available until April. It's so popular, and you're writing about these people already. Oh, there's Bal- a lot of centenaries going on. Yeah, and a um, lot of interest too. It's oh, fabulous. It's, it's bringing it all up to the surface. Yeah, and yeah. I had a huge weekend last weekend at the National Concert Hall. The Treaty Debate Songs. Oh my God! I was honoured to get a commission. What a I great wrote, gig! I wrote a song about Marta McSweeney. She was Terence McSweeney's sister. Uh, she was big in the treaty debate. She spoke for two hours and 40 minutes. Oh, my God. Dead yeah. against the treaty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. there was a country marching into a civil war. That's right. A hundred years ago, Break as we speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the tragedies you had to suffer at the time. And in spite of that, she was still talking about what she believed Ireland should be and where it should be going. I know. I know. John, it's yeah. incredible to see you, man. It's great. I wish you had more time. But I've got a couple of copies of 100 Snow White Horses. It is just incredible, this album. Thank you so much, And Neil. people will love it. It's a big production, lads. You're going to love it. Lines open for that on 1850-104-106. Happy Christmas to you, John. Happy Christmas, everyone. Thanks so Cheers, much. Cheers, my man. Lovely to see you. 
Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.